I was working a summer job in a small boutique, a store situated in the middle of a strip mall that saw quite a bit of traffic during these months. However, this day was uncharacteristically boring as the store sat empty for most of it. The sun shone outside, perhaps almost mocking me that I was unable to free myself from my responsibilities and go out and enjoy the nice weather. It was a sacrifice I had to make, though, to get enough money for school books for the fall semester. As the sun began to droop in the sky beyond the trees and hills visible from the storefront, I checked my watch and saw that it was nearing closing time. The store was small, so only one employee was really needed to operate it during business hours and perform all of the necessary functions, including closing. I went to the register to begin a count of my drawer when I noticed a man in the corner looking at one of the racks of women's clothing. I did a double take because I hadn't noticed him come in. Odd, maybe the long day had me caught in a daydream and I just missed the bell going off. I checked my watch again, 20 minutes until close. I went to the man who was obscured from the bright sun that was setting over the hill bathing the sky in golden rays of a waning day. When I approached, he was scanning through various hangers of clothing with seemingly no purpose, flicking through the product on the rack like he was reading a social media feed, barely giving any piece more than a millisecond of consideration. Good afternoon. Can I help you find anything in particular? I asked. Instead of the usual responses I get, like, no thanks, just looking, the man just stood there. He acted like I said nothing at all. Uh, sir, can I help you find whatever you're looking for? I pressed again. The man stopped flicking through the clothing for a moment. He turned to look at me, and for a moment he just stared at me. It felt like a minute passed before he began muttering to himself. Looking for something for my wife, he said amongst a rambling of words. Oh, okay. I said awkwardly, perhaps a little put off by this person's behavior. Well, let me know if you need any assistance. I'll be right over by the register. I stepped away from the man who continued to mumble and began flicking through the articles of clothing again. Something about all this made me really uncomfortable, so I decided to stay by the register in case I needed a call for help. He continued to stand at the same rack, scanning through the clothing up to and past closing time. I wasn't sure what to do then. Maybe I let him shop a little longer? He hasn't really done anything threatening other than be a little weird. I tried to concentrate on several of my other closing responsibilities, besides the register, to pass the time. After gathering the garbage, shutting off the open sign, and doing some cleaning around the front desk, I checked the clock again. We were now 15 minutes past close. I had to say something. I approached the man again who was still looking at the same rack of clothes. Excuse me, sir. Do you have anything you'd like to purchase up at the register? I asked. He stopped again and turned at me, staring into my eyes with an expression devoid of emotion. We're past closing now, I continued. I can help you check out if you would like to make a purchase, otherwise we'll be open again at 10 a.m. tomorrow. He just kept staring at me not saying anything at all, not even the mumbling he was doing before. This unusual behavior was really starting to frighten me. Sir, if you have nothing to purchase, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. We'll be open again tomorrow morning, I said a little more firmly. 
He continued to stare, never taking his eyes off me, face completely emotionless. It was as if I was talking to a brick wall. Finally, I'd had enough. This guy was leaving my store. Okay, if you're going to be creepy about it, I'm calling the cops. Please leave, I said. He stood there, and instead of continuing this interaction, I backed up and made my way to the register where I had my phone. I picked it up and dialed 911 to report this person. 911, what is your emergency? The operator answered. Yes, there's a strange man in my store. I, I've asked him to leave, and he's being... I started, but as soon as I began to go into the situation with the operator, a distinctive jingle sound came from the door. The man had stepped out of the shop just after I got the operator on the line. I breathed a sigh of relief, almost forgetting that I was still on with the emergency services line. Ma'am, are you still there? They asked. Yes, yes, sorry. Just that as I got on the phone, he left. I guess he doesn't want to talk to the police. I'll be fine now, thank you, I said. I'm still going to send out an officer to talk with you face to face, ma'am, they said. Oh, no, that's not necessary, I countered. I've already wasted your time and they're gone now. Either way, ma'am, we'd like to make sure everything's all right. An officer will be by your store within the next few minutes. Can you please confirm the address I have for this line? They asked. I confirmed a few additional pieces of information for the operator before hanging up. My name, contact information, address, and a general description of the man in the store. Before hanging up, they said they would pass this information along to the responding officer. True to their word, a police officer arrived shortly after I got off the phone. A young guy, probably in his late 20s, showed up at the door to the shop. A badge on his uniform, shining off the last rays of sunlight as the sun finally finished its descent past the horizon. The officer introduced himself at the door and asked politely if he could come inside and look around. As he did so, he stopped and turned to the door. Ma'am, if I could ask you to please lock this, he said, motioning to the door handle that required a key. Oh, yes, let me do that. I completely forgot after this whole weird situation, I replied, slightly flustered by my air and judgment I had displayed. The police officer combed through every inch of the shop, including the break room in the back. He didn't find any sign of any intruder. While in the break room, he went to the rear metal door we used to empty trash in the evenings. Do you keep this locked? He asked. Yes, unless we're taking something out to the dumpsters, it stays shut. I replied. Okay, good. Looks like whoever this was, uh, they're gone now. Unless you need anything else, I'm going to take a walk around the building just to be sure. And then I'll leave you to close up your shop, he said, while beginning to walk to the front door. Okay, thank you for coming out. Sorry for wasting your time, I said, blushing a little. No problem at all. If we see that guy again, please give us a call. I'll be in the area if you need me, he said. I went to the door and unlocked it for him. He tipped his hat to me as he left, walking out of sight and around the building as he said he would, the glow of an LED flashlight leading the way as he went around the corner. The sun was down now, the stars becoming visible as darkness settled over the parking lot to the strip mall. I relocked the door and turned to finish my closing duties. I began the count of my drawer in the register so that I could finish up the process of closing the shop. A couple minutes in, I looked up from the money on the counter and saw that the police car the officer arrived in was still parked out front. I wondered then if something was wrong. Surely it couldn't take this long to walk around a strip mall. 
I walked to the door, intending to see if I could find any sign of him making his way back to his car. It was completely night now, the only illumination of the parking lot from the street lights and the inside of the store. I pressed my face right up against the cool glass of the door to get a better view of the outside where the officer disappeared. While I was doing this, I noticed some rapid movement in my peripheral vision that made me turn my head in the opposite direction. Like a reflex, I jumped and shrieked as I saw the man from earlier had rushed to the front door. He had also pressed his face against the glass of the front door like I had. His hands were raised, pressing against the glass, leaving greasy prints where he touched the clean surface. I crept back a little further from the door. I had been so startled by the sudden appearance of the man that my mind had gone completely blank about what to do, panic taking over. The man peeled his face from the glass and looked down at the door handle. He moved his hand and tried the door, which I had thankfully locked at the instruction of the police officer. When the door didn't open right away, he tried it more forcefully, yanking and pulling at the door. Becoming frustrated, he looked up at me, face no longer expressionless, but a visage of rage and anger. He banged against the door violently, which made the front of the store shake, the open sign and other hangings reacting to the force and vibrations from the assault on the door. He yelled out then, unintelligibly, just loud noises that didn't form any words at all. Then he moved from the door, quickly passing out of sight of the shop entrance. As he moved out of my view, a cold sense of reality creeped back into my brain. I needed to get out of here. He'd find a way through the glass eventually. I went back to the break room, where the back door was located. It would take him a minute to get back there, and maybe I could make a break for my car. Reaching the heavy metal door, I hesitated at the bar latch that would open the door, wondering if I was right about how quickly this crazed person could make their way back here. I decided then that staying in the shop was not secure enough. I needed to get out of here. I pressed the latch and felt the door open. It would lock behind me, but I had my keys just in case. I pushed hard, opening the door wide and rushed out into the back alley. The lighting back in this area was much dimmer. Only a few building lights illuminated the trash dumpsters and utilities. There was otherwise a wall opposite me that prevented me from running straight out and away from the shop. To my right, my car was parked about 100 feet away, sitting on its own in the darkness. A few feet away from me was the dumpster and something that seemed out of place. I could barely see in the dim light. I got closer and heard the distinctive noise of someone groaning, someone in pain. As I moved around for a better view, I gasped as I came across the police officer. He had been hit over the head, hard. He was bleeding down his face from the injury. I kneeled down next to him and he opened his eyes to look at me. Go, he said, get out of here. You're hurt, I replied, not wanting to leave his side. Get back inside, quick, he shouted. Then there was a noise off to my left in the direction of my car, the silhouette of a man standing still, holding something blunt, like a crowbar. The police officer stood up then, struggling to maintain his balance because of his head injury. He unholstered his pistol and pointed it at the man. Get back inside, now, he yelled at me. I backed up rushing back to the door and grabbing the keys from my pocket. The cool, rigid metal fumbled in my shaking fingers as I scrambled to find the right key. Stay where you are, the officer yelled at the assailant. The first key I tried didn't work. I fumbled for the next key on the ring, 
Missing a few times on the keyhole, I managed to push it in and turn the lock. Gunshots rang out behind me as I opened the door and ran inside, closing the exit behind me. I couldn't wait here. I had to get to the phone at the register and call for help again. I entered the main part of the boutique, which was empty and quiet as I had left it a few minutes earlier. I grabbed the receiver of the desk phone and dialed 911. A different emergency operator answered. 911, what is your emergency? They asked. Please, I need your help. I called earlier. The officer you said he's been hurt. There's some lunatic out here trying to kill us, I said frantically. Okay, can you tell me where you are? They responded. I took a moment to relay my location and what was going on as quickly as I could. Thank you. Stay calm. I'm sending another officer out to you, they said. But there was no staying calm. The crazed man was there with a crowbar. He gripped the metal in his two hands, wound up a swing, and decimated the glass, separating us from each other. I ran as he began climbing through the now open front door. Dropping the phone on the counter, I moved into the break room, closing the door. Only this room had no lock, no way of protecting me from my pursuer. A small couch was positioned in the corner, which I began shoving in front of the door. It moved slowly, legs grinding on a floor that hadn't been polished in years. Come on, I said out loud to myself as I put every bit of strength I had into moving the piece of furniture. I pushed the couch in front of the door just in time as the insane man slammed against it, door stressing as a heavy force was smashed against it. But it wasn't quite enough to create an opening. He continued to bang against the door, momentarily stopped by the obstruction I created. I looked around, frantic to find another way out of this room. Above me, there was a vent, a large air duct with an access panel just out of reach. I pushed the lunch table to the opening to give myself a leg up. The vent panel came loose easily, screws holding it in place, having wiggled loose from years of vibration. Slamming against the door continued. I had one chance to get up and out of here, and I had to take it. I jumped, reaching up and grabbing the metal vent with my bare hands. It was rigid and sharp on the inside, cutting into the skin of my hands. I ignored the pain pulling myself up and into the vent with everything I had. I just pulled my legs into the small tunnel as I heard the door to the break room start to cave in. I had moved maybe five feet down the vent as the door finally gave way, and I heard the pursuer's pounding footsteps charge into the room. Heavy breathing followed as they looked around for me. I held my breath as they moved in and out of the room, searching for me. When I thought they had moved far enough away, I moved further down the vent, dust stirring up and swirling around me as I disturbed the rarely cleaned air vents. After a short distance, I came to another vent cover and looked down into what must have been the restaurant next door. I was above what looked like a small kitchen, but it was hard to tell. Below me I heard the sound of more smashing glass, as my pursuer must have broken into this business as well. They charged into the kitchen and I could see the top of their head. They were breathing heavily, moving around radically and searching the kitchen up and down. That's when I felt it, a prickling sensation in my nose. I had a sneeze coming on. I scrunched my face, covering my nose and mouth, trying in vain to suppress the sensation. I cursed the dust swirling around this vent as my body sneezed violently and beyond my control. 
The sound echoed in the vent and drew the attention of the assailant. He looked up at the vent immediately, and I moved back and away from it out of sight. Everything went quiet for a moment, creating an eerie silence that was uncharacteristic of this man up to this point. That's when the blade of a knife pierced the vent cover in front of me. It retracted and entered the vent again, closer to me. I screamed as it came closer and closer. Then the vent started to rock and come apart. The man was below me, trying to tear the vent system out of the ceiling completely. It fell apart then, and I fell out of it onto the floor of the kitchen. I felt the air forcibly leave my lungs, and I gasped for air as I rolled onto my side, my vision blurring from the pain, lungs straining to draw in fresh air. I saw the man in the darkness of the kitchen, backlit against the street lights of the front windows. He'd raised his hand into the air, the crowbar high above him. That's when the gunshots rang out again, loud piercing. Four shots hit the man and he fell, down to his knees and then onto his side. A dark mass crumpled on the floor mere feet away from me. The police officer from before limped over to me, blood still streaming down his face. Stay calm, breathe, he said. Help is on the way. My vision narrowed as I began to relax again safe from the crazed lunatic. I saw the EMS workers rushing toward me. Then I went unconscious, body drifting away, no longer able to continue the adrenaline high of the escape. I only narrowly avoided a gruesome fate, waking up later in a nearby hospital, thankful that because of the bravery of these first responders that I survived that day.